It has been two years since the trade galaxy was shaken to its core by the actions of a single, mismatched, multi-species crew. Whatever you think of the heroes of Yentao, also known as the Space Squad, one thing is certain. All eyes are watching for whatever they do next. Last time in the Maelstrom Galaxy, with sirens still blaring and smoke rapidly filling up the main hall of Shomu's armory, you pressed on into Teb Bickering's office, seeking the secrets that he has been keeping under an iron thumb. You found organized chaos, the trappings of an oversized ego, and a hidden switch that led you to the man himself, well, almost, and to an ancient, magically guarded door. We pick up now with the five of you on the other side of that door. Beneath you, a hidden city. Behind you, mortal danger. And, somewhere in the anvil above, a terrifying man in possession of two terrified children. What do you do next? Lorelei, sort of visibly shaking with anger, walks up to Faraday and sort of takes a couple of deep breaths so she doesn't snap at her friend um, and says, uh... I know we're in somewhere new and it's a spell, but could you test your your friend, the tour guide? What was their name again? Oh, at noon. Noon. Uh, could you message noon and let them know what's happening and get some people together and try and find the kids, maybe? I imagine you are descending horridly down towards the hidden city and Tesh kind of like is panting a little bit as she because she keeps up with you and she's like, um, I, I can send them I can send them a message and she like brings out her communicator and is like, they are like really good at corralling old people who want to spend their old people money, but I don't know how good they're gonna be at corralling some kind of rebellion. All right, running. Yes, running, good. Run, run, run. Yes, good. <laughs> so you are running down towards the hidden city along this narrow cleft in the rock. Um, ahead of you, you can just see this vertical slit which offers you your view of the city so far. Um, and as you descend, you descend into this kind of very cold but wet air. It's rich with the scent of like loam and churned earth. And the only sounds you can hear other than like your panting breaths and your running feet is like the distant screaming of the holographic monster trying to like railing against the door and the plinking of like thousands of water droplets falling from like falling on distant shingle rooftops. Uh, you reach the end of the stairs and the ground levels up and as you reach the end of the stairs the stone walls either side of you fall away like two halves of a parting curtain and you enter the chamber proper. It is this stupendously vast space of organic rough edged sloping walls jagged ceiling like bristling with stalactites through a, a few thin bands of light cut the air but even with just that light source it's not dark down here there's a glow faint but noticeable uh, fe like fending off the darkness illuminating the city and the palace above and even the overgrown fields However, that faint glow is not enough to fully illuminate the dark and terrifying crevasse that lies between you and the city. Uh, I'll shine my torch down into it, just to be given an idea of what we're working with. Uh, you do not see the bottom. It Lovely. Is, 
a deep v-shaped thing uh like its flanks are thick with this kind of really dry looking gray moss and these mushrooms with broad flat caps and the only kind of crossing point that's immediately obvious is uh the bridge that you would have seen as you were descending which is this long elegant span with like a pattern of herringbone bricks set into its roadway does it look stable don't know you tell me can i do a perception check to see if it's stable yeah go for it um someone should help me because my perception isn't great i'll, I'll, do, I'll do one, one i'll well. do one along with you a natural one lorelei is too angry to see oh i got a <laughs> i got a seven i got a 15 cool cool uh lorelei and schlepp the bridge looks great it's really safe. You've never seen you've never seen a sturdier bridge. Corel, yeah, you look at that and you're like, mate, come on now. I've watched I know, I've seen the films. I know what happens when you go on a spooky bridge in a dark cave. The bridge is quite obviously old and there are cracks running up its um three supporting pillars that support the roadway. And the two it has two towers, one at either end, and the far one is like quite obviously is half crumbled at some point and damaged the roadway. Like, everything's motionless because you haven't tested it with anything yet, but I would be I would be aware, is what I would say. Would even an Araswati-sized person be iffy? Uh, with a 15, I think that you're not entirely sure. I think that you've got a bad feeling about this, but I think you'd need to experiment a bit to be able to determine more. Um, Corel's gonna look around for a small rock, and sort of goes up to the bridge, and is just gonna sort of flick that rock out onto the bridge, and see what happens. Are you trying to lob it far? Like, where are you trying to throw it to? Yeah, just as far as I can, I would say. Okay, can I take a, just a straight strength? Uh, that's a five. Yeah, uh, you wind up, and then the stone kind of flips off the side of your hand and lands not very far away from you at all. Nothing happens for a second, and then there's a very loud, sharp crack noise, and then nothing happens. I propose a test. You tie one end of a rope to me. Schlurp stands at the side with a polymorph ready, just in case something bad happens. And at the other end of the rope, we have everyone else holding on. Put me on the bridge. I walk out. Let's say about 50 feet-ish. See how it goes. If it goes well, we tie Tesh. At the end of Tesh's 50 feet, we tie Te Faraday on um, because we are the four lightest and then send Schlurp and Corel over via Dimension Door. So it's like everyone's tied sort of on the same piece of rope. Daisy training. Corel's going to take a quick sort of listen just to check if there's significant banging at the door yet. Yeah, can I take a perception check, please? Um, that's 14. Oh yeah, there's a low grinding buzzing sound. The screaming has settled into this dull metallic, like, Yes, yes, moving would be great. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lorelei, onto the bridge. Okay, so we tie everyone up. I start going. Everyone's holding onto the rope. As you walk out along the bridge, um, I'm going to ask, do you want to take a, maybe just a straight dex? It would almost be like stealth, but you're not hiding from anyone. But it's the same kind of light-footed approach. Seven. Okay. Thankfully, as you head out along the bridge, Lorelei, you're a little bit... I think there's a bit of rubble here and there. Like, the ground is quite... has got this kind of thick, odd dust on it that you catch your feet on every now and again. 
you feel the bridge like as you step out onto it like you know when you're driving a car and you can feel the shape of the road through the car like, it's the same kind of sensation of you can kind of feel the movements of the bridge now that you're on it properly and you can feel how it's moving very very slightly and how when you trip a little bit like there's no stutter in the bridge like it does seem like you're too light to affect it i get 50 feet out and just sort of turn back and big thumbs up i've sort of tied my cloak away a little bit so people can see my glow tesh looking incredibly nervous edges out after you sideways like a crab and she rolled a 15 uh so yeah she follows with a bit more care um and manages to edge out after you as you continue to progress out along this bridge and now that there are two of you on it um, you still don't feel any change to the bridge's movements, but I would say definitely every single like every single piece of fur on your body is standing like on end with nerves. Um, at this point, could I do a check to see if maybe it's better if we get across and then the others wait? Yeah, uh, I would take a perception for that. Uh, Twenty-nine. Yeah, I think you can tell that just you and Ta- you and Tesh. That just you and Tesh can could progress quite safely along this as long as you're slow. Uh, I guess I wave my arm at Faraday and try and get her to indicate for her to message me and let you know that let me and Tesh go mm-hmm. and then you and Crick go once we're on the other side. Okay. I would say that for expediency's sake, you do this mm-hmm. and you are able to kind of untie and rank that rest of that rope back in towards the other side and you and Tesh, yeah, you proceed. As you get to the very far end, underneath that half-collapsed tower, um, you feel a very faint like shift under your feet, but then it seems to settle, and you're able to get all the way up to the other side. So time for me and Faraday. Okay. The two humans who've always done well when faced with holes. Oh, God. Famously. 16. 15. Who's going first out of the two of you? Probably Faz? Yeah. Because she's littler. Uh, Faraday, you edge out over the bridge. You're separated by about 50 meters, is it? 50 feet. 50 so... feet, sorry, my bad. Uh, you edge out across the bridge, and Faraday, you get to halfway. All good. You can still f- you can feel that same swaying that Lorelei did. Uh, you get to three quarters, and you feel a very slight shift under your feet. And um, what was your roll again, Crick? 16. Okay. Um, as you pass like underneath that last tower, at the like the other tower at the end, um, you like Lorelei feel a shift, and this time it's a much more significant shift. And like you hear like a clattering sound as several bricks and tiles slip from above you and crash down um, to either side of you. Um, and I will take a deck save to avoid being smacked on the head. What's my dex mod? Zero. <laughs> 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 yep nothing well nothing was gonna save that it's a four okay oh. you're gonna get smacked on the head quick what did you get uh 12 cool cool the humans are gonna get smacked on the head oh, by fudge. some falling masonry uh you both take uh 12 points of bludgeoning damage Ooh. as bits of masonry like strike you across the heads and shoulders but you do make it to the other side of the crevasse uh so we're just left with the two biggins yeah on the other side they're gonna turn to Corel. uh just like the riverbank hey Corel. Please don't talk about the riverbank. Okay, it's going to be real tricky, Corel. You're holding on, holding on to your, your pelter butt. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry, this is a... I, this is Just stressful. cast a spell. Make jokes. <laughs> okay. 
I cast the I cast the spell, but I like trip through it. <laughs> okay, you fall through the dimension door. Corel following after you. Uh, Schlep, you land on your face in front of Tesh, who kind of for a split second looks down at you, and for a second you see this expression on her face of, "I'm trusting these people to do something very important, and I have doubts." I'm okay. I'm okay. Just yeah, we're cool. Good. That's good. That went well. All things considered. We're all here. Onwards. Is it worth getting rid of the bridge just in case that thing decides to come after us? Or is it the kind of thing that's going to be able to jump it? Or are we shooting ourselves in the foot for later? I think we keep our options open vis-a-vis the bridge for now. Mm. I don't think that something that big will be able to traverse it without crushing it anyway. As you exit the bridge area and step out onto mercifully solid ground at the other side, uh, you're all greeted by this sight of an imposing rocky hill. Uh, To your left, the slope has been cut into these once cultivated terraces, and to your right, it drops away into a knot of tall, industrial-looking buildings whose sooty sooty chimneys stand still and silent. Why on earth did I give myself that to say? Uh, Directly ahead of you, a tiled path switchbacks its way up the hill, and at its crown widens into a pavement, bracketed thoroughfare. What do you do? Onwards and upwards, I guess. I mean, what are we doing here precisely? We were supposed to get through a door. Yes, and now we're going to find out exactly what, what, why there was a door between this and the rest of the world. Zuzu's house. Zuzu's house. Were you also looking for the door? We were looking for something. It just seemed like this was the best bet, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Good to know. It's well, a long, long story. I mean, we can tell you, like, some stuff. I mean, you've come you've come this far with us. We can reveal some stuff. But we will do it while we're walking. <laughs> yes, yes, while we're walking. <laughs> we begin to walk on the switchback and Doodly-doo. fill her in on, I guess, why we're here. She kind of, like, initially she has this expression of, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then gradually over time she's like, oh, my God, what am I involved in? Do you need us to repeat anything? Because that was a lot. That's a lot there. No, I got it all. Every incredible detail. Did you get the part about us being the space squad? Yeah, I got that too. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the tiny heart, tiny bird people and the huge tortoise people. I got that bit too. So do you think there's going to be tiny bird people here? No. Huge tortoise people, we think. Well, oh. well you, think, you think yes? I think there's um, not alive. No. Oh, yeah, because I was like... We'll be looking for birds. Yeah, it might be like another corpse pile. Um, Wait, what? Mm, I spy no, with my little no, eye. Sir, bad timing, bad timing. Bad Something timing. beginning with B. Building? Bullshit. <laughs> no. What, no to building? No to building. Um... I should be doing my taxes. Bridge? <laughs> Bridge! Your turn. Um, <laughs> I spy with my little eye something beginning with P? We're not actually going to play I spy, guys. No. <laughs> it's an old session now. <laughs> to be fair, it's probably the easiest game of I spy ever because we're not actually there, so we can just say something that begins with the letter P and then argue that it's there. 
Yeah, Zach, um, zebra. <laughs> T for a T-Rex? Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe T-Rexes are from space. <laughs> but you know what's bad here is I can't now actually think of anything beginning with P. <laughs> Parrot. There's a parrot. There's a parrot. <laughs> no. Kind of unbelievable. Queen. Oh my god. Okay. Um, You're climbing the hill up this switchbacking road up towards the center of the city. Um, as you reach the top of the hill, while still playing I Spy, I guess uh, you, you cheated. See... <laughs> Did you see not. This huge... <laughs> you see this huge circular um, road running around the heart of the city. Uh, in the middle of the city, inside this um, perfect ring road. You have um, this cluster of these large buildings with like columns and broad steps going up. They look kind of like libraries and things like things like you might expect libraries at public buildings to look like. And in the center of them, there seems to be some kind of large courtyard. And you can see like some kind of weird bumpy effect in the courtyard. But it, you're a bit too far away to really make it out. Like bumpy effect like in the air or like on the pavement? Like on the pavement, like um, the ground doesn't seem flat in there for some reason. Um, hmm. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Um, <laughs> what, what I, are you thinking? I, um, I sidle up to Crick away from Schlurp <laughs> and Tesh. Yeah. And, um, are you thinking tortoise shells? I was thinking corpse pile, but yes, yes. Um, suddenly you can't hear her anymore because your ears are full of this high-pitched ringing, which is soft at first, and then kind of builds until it's loud enough to set your teeth on edge. And then underneath the ringing, you hear, Find me. Ow, 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 ow. Ow? Um. Is something the matter? I just heard this high-pitched squeal in my ears um which was i i mean i i've it's it's difficult to describe but beneath it was a voice whispering find me creepy uh a voice you recognize uh is it a voice i recognize oh great and mighty dm it is oh damn where do i recognize it from your dreams yay <laughs> In your dreams, you've heard voices before. You've heard the kind of screams and bellows and roars of the creature you now suspect is Pyros. But you've also heard a soft voice that will speak to you every now and again in times of danger or in times of deep sleep when you turn your thoughts to something specific. It's the voice of whatever that presence is that is connected to you and to Kumi and has kind of gently reached out and connected to you both over the years. I do recognize it, uh, Laurel. Yeah, I do. It's, I'm pretty sure, a voice I've heard in my, don't laugh, dreams. And I think it may be connected to, or indeed is, the godlike being that has connected with me and Takumi. Um, I'm not sure how they could be here, but. I do think we should keep an eye out for anything. Was there a directional element to the voice? ODM, was there a directional element? Yes. Which direction? The big golden palace. <laughs> uh, it was in the direction of the big golden palace. I say we go there, guys. <laughs> I, hmm, as distressing as it may be, I would like to check out the courtyard first, maybe? Why? 
Respect? Posterity? Uh, Faraday? Any ideas? Why don't Crick and Slurp and Tesh go to the Golden Palace? And, I mean, this place is huge, right? Like, there is no way we're gonna explore everything. Maybe Divide and Conquer is the best right now? Yeah, and then I'm... If the courtyard is what I think it is, I'll be a couple of minutes and then we can follow on. Plus as well, if there's a library here, Corel, <laughs> you know. I do hate to say this, but I don't think you're going to be able to read those books. I know, but I can, I can find one to take home and and start cracking it. Does I it, suppose does, that's does true. Does anyone have to watch? Anyone have a what? We didn't take the translator watch from Marty. Um, so I was looking at the watch, um, and then something in my brain changed, and now I think I can do what the watch does. What? I don't know. It was really weird. I was just like, oh, this is a cool watch. And then my brain was like, you want to know how to do it? And then I said, sure. And now I can. This is me saying I, I know the spell comprehend languages. Um, um, so anything we pick up, we can just take to Schlapp and you and Schlapp can work it out together. Great. In which case, might I suggest that we all go to the courtyard together? And then I'm going to message Crick and be like, I think there was a reason we didn't want Schlapp and Tesh to go to the courtyard. But on further consideration, (laughs) (laughs) I think we should cover as much ground as possible as Faraday said. I just kind of draped my arm around Schlepp and like, let's go to the palace. Uh, okay. Fun time. Fun Tesh, trip. Tesh, you coming with us? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll come with you guys. And she follows after you. Uh, we're going to go into the courtyard first and then come back to you guys. Faraday, Corel, and Lorelei heading into the courtyard. As the three of you proceed into the courtyard, uh, you see that ahead of you is this strange plaza. To the left are the overgrown fields, um, and to your right is the industry area. And as you kind of proceed towards this plaza, you slowly see that that kind of that bumpy ground begins to resolve in a way that I think you were expecting. Corpse pile. Uh, that's the thing, though. It's not a corpse pile. Uh, could I take a perception check as the three of you proceed into the courtyard? 24. 21. 23. Okay, Damn. those three rolls are really, really good. As you enter, you immediately realize several things. Uh, number one, this is no corpse pile. These bodies are arranged in neat concentric circles with the smallest at the center of the plaza. They are all laid out neatly, hands folded over their chests, and every single one has a flower laid by their body. A tulip-like blossom made from thin sheets of metal. The bodies themselves, because this is the first time you've seen these people in full, are indeed like those of the tortoise people from the hologram back in the silo you can like the bodies aren't full skeletons they're oddly withered they don't look like they almost look kind of dehydrated rather than full skellies uh but there's enough of mummies yeah like kind of like mummies but there's enough of them there that you can make out the square profile and the heavy beak tipped jaw but the rest of the body isn't that tortoise like it's actually more like a cross between a mole and a bird you have a kind of bent back huge digging claws and then like an arm which is shaped kind of like a wing and instead of the primary feathers you have these huge digging blades and very very short hind legs as well they're very odd shape and they're all laid out perfectly in this plaza 
More feathers. I can't decide whether this is better because it looked like they were laid out in respect or creepier because they're in formation. Creepier. Creepier. It can be both. Corral, you know more about this than we do. Which of these buildings looks most like a library? And how do we get there without stepping on a dead person? Corral's library research excellence kicking. <laughs> Corral's like, yes, my expertise. Library senses activate. I will carry the perception check forwards. Uh, around this plaza, you can make out, like I said before, these grand public style buildings. Uh, directly to your left is a huge building that wraps around about a third of the courtyard and has these huge broad, broad white steps right rising up to it and pillars. And um, rather than a door, it's just an enormous archway. And through that archway, you can see what look like rows of shelving. Uh, the next one over, you can't really see into, but you can see what might be like some kind of cubicle arrangement. And the one to the far right seems to have the rotted remnants of flagpoles. That big one looks good. Yeah, flagpoles usually indicate some sort of government building. So, should we start with the one with the shelves? Is that the one you were interested in? Well, you said library. Shelves usually mean library or supermarket sometimes. <laughs> um, I don't think I can take these skulls with me, so... This is going to sound really weird. Do you think we should hold out and wait for a better skull, or...? <laughs> hmm. Um... Yeah, I'm gonna go for, uh... Laurelay, spin around and pick one. Can I go for one that's near the Judge. Who can hear this? Just Faraday. Oh, oh boy. Judge. Pick, please. Pick, please. I want to find the one that looks like the most official looking. Of the bodies? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There might be one, like, up on the steps near the embassy who might be, like, a governor or some shit they like that. They might have uniforms. Uh... So the bodies are arranged in circles. I would say that the they all seem to be laid out identically and don't seem to have anything unique. It's very methodical. Can I tell if people are older? Uh, no, they're super, super wizened. Okay, this looks like an adult, that one. Um, okay, uh, this, this one is fine. Um... <laughs> I hate Fair this. Day. Can I notice that Faraday's being weird? Yeah, can I notice that? Being Insight checks. More nervous than usual. <laughs> Stop! Hey, you fucking gremlin. 22. 21. Yeah, no, you notice there's something up. Faraday, what's wrong? <laughs> yes, what's wrong? Voices. Oh, more voices. Wonderful. Do you recognize this voice? Help us. Sorry, what? Do you recognize the voice? Do you know what happened? Do you help us? Do you know what happened? Um, um, um. <laughs> it no, no, and no. To both of you. Um. Do I know which one the voice is coming from? All of them. All oh, of them. Fucking oh, all hell. Oh, all around you. Oh, I'm so glad Crick didn't go there. Is this one okay? Um. Yeah, sure, it's fine. Um, it's very obviously not fine, Faraday. Well, I mean, in the grand context of things, we're alive. Um, let's go for this one. Lorelei gives a eyebrows up look like I'm telling Junie about this later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Okay, so you zero in on just our body. Preferably one on the edge, so I don't need to like. You go to one of the bodies in the outer ring. Um, this individual looks like all the rest is arranged in this absolutely unique style. Uh, this one just looks normal. They're quite a big one. Can't really tell anything else about them just from looking at them. They look peaceful. Okay, um, give me one question each. What happened here? Okay, Corral? Hmm. What was the, the purpose of this place? Okay, I am also curious to know whether they died in this formation or if there was someone here who survived the destruction of everything and put them... So I'm going to go with how did you die? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun. What are the coordinates of the other races' home planets? That's a, that's good a really good one. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm obviously you've got to factor in drift, but that's yeah, but, a good well, shout. But it means mm. now that we factored in the drift of the anvil, it will be easier to factor in drift in the future. This is true. Aha. They might have a slightly different coordinate system, but Lorelei trusts Corel to be able to work it out. Oh, Cor- that's nice. Corel's smart. Corel is also a human, a humanity specialist. But there you go. <laughs> Corel is smart, but also Corel knows people and isn't so ego-bound that they wouldn't go ask for help. This is true. Okay, if you two could spot me. Um, I've done this plenty of times, I'm sure. Nothing will happen, but just in case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Lorelei is going to go up, sit next to Faraday and put a hand over hers. Corel is going to loom in a friendly fashion over. I feel very protected. Okay, so I'm going to sit down on the ground and take a deep breath and touch the, I guess, skull of the one in front of me. And it feels like sort of tumbling. Okay. And what is the exact spell you're casting, my darling? Oh, speak with dead. Okay. Uh, You lay your fingertips across the forehead of this long gone being and it feels like you tumble somewhere. And then... There's a f- something cold washes through your hand and you open your eyes and the being is sitting up inside their own, well, not quite bones, but own wizened corpse. In life, they were strong, muscular, this kind of deep brassy gold green with a thick coat of feathers and a scaled face and brow. And they stare vacantly ahead. Um, what are the coordinates of the other species' planets? The being blinks uh, like a crease, like a frown creasing their brow for a second, and then they say, Grum belongs to the Pomlan, Shenla to the Daishen, Peshla to the Turili. What weaknesses did you discover with your enemy? and the being kind of gives this dry, vacant laugh and then says there were no weaknesses the conquest was ultimate our losses infinite Hmm. (laughs) cool I'm going to take a pause after that one and try to like recenter myself Um, okay how did you die? The being turns its head, looks right at you, and says, Old age. Insight check. Yeah? 27. They are being truthful. 
they locked themselves in. They didn't have anywhere to go. They couldn't leave. Because then they'd be slaughtered. So rather die a slow death. Well, uh, this is excellent. Um, okay, what was the purpose of this place? The being turns its head very slowly and then turns it a little bit too far in an uncanny way and looks up at the palace and points and says to protect. Last thing, and then you can go back to rest. Where will I find Zuzakrant Ekest? Take me to your manager. <laughs> <laughs> can I speak to Zuzakrant Ekest, please? Uh, this... I really need to speak to Zuzakrant Ekest. This coffee was not properly frothed. These bodies aren't outlined perfectly. There's one that's askew. That flower is crooked. <laughs> Why are they made with metal and not with just gold? This war has not been going as I wanted it to. <laughs> the customer service in this war is shit. <laughs> I can't even find a Starbucks in this abandoned city. <laughs> um, the being looks at you and then says where they fell. At the Trillion Block Brocade. Trillion Block Brocade. Um, trillion. Trillion as in the number. Yeah. I guess into the library to work out where the Trillion Count Brocade could be. It might not be here. And Trillion is either there are a trillion troops there, or it's where they think the trillionth person perished to whatever it is that's coming. Or there was a trillion aggressors. So neither one of those is good. Corel, maybe take us somewhere significantly less creepy. I'll try. (laughs) Do the crumbling books. And you head into the library, and with that we're going to jump to the other group. Who's the palace gang? It was Schlurp and Crick and Tesh. Yeah. Schlurp, Crick and Tesh. Okay, so if you want to get up to the palace, the palace is only accessible via an enormous flight, sorry, an enormous and enormously steep flight of stairs. So <laughs> you, will need, legs. you will need to go past the old overgrown paddy fields um, around the edge of the pl- where all the public buildings are around the plaza, and then you'll be able to reach this flight of stairs. Tesh looks up at it and is like, is it just me or is that palace bigger than it looked from the start? It's who needs a place that big? Status? Uh, I don't know. Well, you two are the experts in adventuring and scary things. I don't know. We haven't seen a ton of like huge towers. We've seen other like old stuff, but this is even for the stuff we've done. This is a bit you to us underground city uh full of um ancient buildings and m- hidden behind a magic door that is new that is new she shakes her head and she's like i just never thought it would be a city what did you think it would be i don't know tab like tab always thought it would be a weapon or something powerful but this is just this is just a place i mean places can have powerful things or I don't know, sometimes there's like magical energies that just kind of are in a whole place. I don't know. She goes, yeah, yeah. Um, so in a place like that, do you think the big golden palace where it would be? Mm, most likely just to like store it, I guess. If I don't make it out of here, can you make sure my kids are taken care of? 
Of course. But you will make it out of it. Yeah, I mean, you're going to make it out. We're going to make sure you make it out. But if I don't? In the incredibly small point zero 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 add a few more zeros, one possibility yes. that you don't make it out, yes, we will. Okay, let's go up to the big scary palace, I guess. Yeah, so we start walking yeah. towards the palace. You can start while you're at the stairs. So you yeah. can start ascending. Oh, up we go. Um, as you rise, you kind of are elevated above the city and find yourselves looking down like at this tapestry of interconnected um, peach-colored roofs and the city kind of shrinks as you ascend up and up and up towards the mouth of this enormous palatial building. The palace is almost like... It's a good third the size of the rest of the city. Again, it's just itself. It's this enormous structure with two great wings and a huge central hall. And um, as you climb Crick, you keep hearing on and off like a radio connection, like whining as it doesn't quite make it. Like you keep getting this kind of whining, ringing sound coming in and out and in and out as you ascend. And then your boots strike the top step and it cuts out and you are faced with a yawning entryway into a vast and empty hall. The door's open? There's no doors. It's just an archway going straight into the building. Are the rest of us up there? Like the other two? Yep. You will all have made it up at the same time. Perception check. Yep. Natural 20. Oh my God. That's perfect. Never never mind. I got a 14. Crick. With a nat 20, you notice the following. The palace, like I said, has no doors. Its entryway yawns instead like a great mouth. Above the mouth, there is a gold diamond, like the diamond on the door. Beyond the entrance, in the shadow of the palace's belly, you can make out a vast chamber with an elaborate soaring ceiling whose support struts branch and fan like the caps of mushrooms. A single vast chandelier hangs lopsidedly in the center of the space, and you can see stalactites of wax hanging pearly pale from its many holders, uh, some even connecting to form pillars with the floor. Uh, the walls of the chamber are daubed in like a cracked paint depicting grand figures and grand scenes. The floor is a herringbone of pale grey bricks interrupted by that same gold diamond at regular intervals. It kind of feels like a throne room because there's there's a couple of big chairs and not much else in here. With that role, I have one more detail for you and it's the most important. The chandelier is lit. <gasps> um, Guys... Yeah? I don't think we're alone here. What makes you say that? And I point to the chandelier. Uh, oh, um... Now, I know we said that we were going to go in. I'm tempted to call the others and wait for them to join us before heading into the big building. Uh, Can I like do a detect magic just to see... Wait, what's the range on that? It's like 30 feet or something, isn't it? 30 feet of me. Um, No, that chandelier is too far away because I'm just going to do it on the chandelier. I mean, they won't be long if we tell them we're uh, we're waiting for them. I mean, I guess, but... I mean, we're here to find stuff out, aren't we? And... <sighs> we're very exposed. That's true. We would be safer inside a building. That's a good point. Okay, Slurp. We'll go in and explore. But we can be really careful. Yeah, we, of we'll, course. Be, we'll be yeah. careful. Like, we'll be sneaky. Right. And we don't go beyond the first room. Okay? okay. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big room. It looks like we'll have a lot to do here. Yeah. In we go. 
Uh, you edge inside. Uh, can I? Yeah, can I stealth? In? <laughs> yeah, okay. I will take stealth checks, and I'll roll one for Tesh as well. Seventeen. Powerful in a hole once again. Twenty-one. Okay, uh, Tesh got seventeen as well. So, um, yeah, the three of you managed to kind of probably li- like grab each other's jackets and edge into this great hallway. Your feet soundless, like hearts nervous, and are swallowed by this kind of warm candlelight. I've already described the hall. What do you do in it? Okay, so sparse furniture, lip chandelier, we've got some funky wax drippiness. Mm-hmm. Murals as well. Let's see. Um, can I just kind of take a look at the mur- murals, see if I can understand anything? Sure, there's them? one taking up the whole left wall and one taking up the whole right wall. Um, let's start on the left. Just cause. Okay, um, Schlepp, you turn your attention to the, the mural on the left side of this hallway, and you are immediately struck by the fact that you recognize the scene displayed. God damn it, again? Yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> you see a world of blue grass and two suns. Wait, isn't that where Giyaki was? That's why you recognize it. Fuck. Oh dear. But there's an added detail here. In the center of the mural, you can see a flight of white stairs... A stand, like, stand, like not even stairs. It's like in like independent steps that are are unconnected and are floating, ascending up to between the two suns into a glowing doorway. This is, I think, this is where Jiahu was. Like, like a little while before the whole thing, she called me and she showed me on video, and it looked like this. But I mean, minus the steps and the doorway. Wait, what? I, I, I don't know. I guess something's connected here. I don't know. Can I see if there's any, like, text anywhere? She, she was here? She was somewhere that had blue grass and two suns. Unless it's a bunch of planets that have blue grass and two suns. There is text running along the bottom of the mural. And we know that Slurp can read it. Uh, you guys might want to, like, take a step back, just in case. Yeah, and I will cast Comprehend Languages. Okay. Um, what does that look like for you? I think, like, you know, like, there's that feature on phones you can have where it's, like, a foreign language, um, uh. and you put it up, and it just kind of, like, appears as the thing. Yeah. I think that's what it looks like to them. I mean, uh, it glitches out for you. kind of glitches out, that kind of becomes, I guess, Ziri Trade or something I don't understand. I need to roll Wild Magic Search. Okay, I rolled an 11, so... So I understand any written language that you can see, but I must be touching the surface on which it's written and it takes a minute to read a, a page of text. I don't know how many pages are here. Uh, probably just a couple of sentences. Okay, yes, yeah, so I put my hand there and I read it. Okay, uh, the text glitches in front of your eyes into, I'm going to say Silex, because that would probably be your first language. Yeah, nature Silex. Fair enough. Which is the language that sites use to talk to one another. Schlepp, the mural reads... And through the doorway he came. Since then, he has guided us. Um, I think because the spell does last an hour, I think I'm going to like look over to the right. I'm kind of like, I'm going to run over there because I'm just like, ooh, shit, like this shit's cool. Um, look at the mural and also try to do the reading there. Kind of like without really comprehending that anyone else, else is there at the moment. Because I'm just like, oh my god, because like the doorway and the jihad and shit, like um, they run over to the other hand and they see the other wall even. And they see, they look at the mural. Um, what does the mural look like? Um, on the other side, Crick, would you like to be the one who's examining that wall? Yeah. Oh, uh, Lucky Street couldn't go on forever. It's a nine. Okay. 
Okay, uh, Schlepp, could you roll me perception on this wall? 22. Okay. You um, stole my luck. Sorry. <laughs> but it also makes sense, Crick, because part of the right-hand wall is damaged. And uh. I think that um, in the overlapping shadows, you'd kind of been looking at a more damaged area and hadn't realized how much more there was to it outside of this particular zone. Schlepp, you swing your... You kind of hurry across to the right-hand side of the hall to look at the other mural. And there's so much more going on in this one. The okay. other one is this simple scene, this simple message. The one on the right-hand side is busy and chaotic and full of people and figures. There is damage, but you can make out four black thrones. Two large in the center and two small to either side. At the feet of the thrones is an intricate interlocking pattern of bowing people and working people, kind of knotted together. Behind the left throne, on the undamaged side of the wall, you can see a familiar silhouette. God damn it. <laughs> of an enormous being with a horned head. This obviously immediately recognizable to you as Kavoris, the horned stag beetle-like being you've been seeing throughout your adventures. On the right-hand side... <laughs> it's always Schlurp. Why does Schlurp is always getting the Kavoris insights? I'm, take, I'm taking pictures of this with like camera head, like click, click, click. On the right-hand side of the mural, you can see why Crick has been so stumped because this area is cracked and damaged and weirdly familiar. Because standing on the right-hand side behind the right-hand throne is what impossibly looks like the silhouette of an appelter. And not only that, it is the shiny silver underbelly and jet black back of a suitor. And they are wearing something. What are they wearing? They are wearing a red cloak with a silver trident oh my God. emblazoned on one side. Is that, the, is that the whole mural? Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. the upper body. You can tell like the lower legs and the tail and the edge of the cape, but like most of the rest of it is gone. And yeah, I try to keep around for any text. See if I can read it. Uh, there is about half a sentence trilling along. There's, there's the sentence and a half is what I will say. Okay. I'll one on the left and one on the right. I'll try reading. I'll try reading both of those. Okay. The one on the left beneath Kavoris says, he who knows... And then underneath the other figure, you can see he, and then like a W, and then like ID. ID. And then the rest of it is like destroyed. And as you, Crick, and Tesh look up at this mural, there is a huge crash behind you. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And a deep voice says, Who are... And we're gonna jump to the other group. What? God Page! damn it, Paige! Fuck! Paige! You <laughs> goblin! You love it. Hey, it's Paige Dolby Evans, your game master, host, and resident dog person. I just wanted to say that the Junket podcast wouldn't be possible without the talents of the lovely people behind the characters. That's my wife Leonie as Dr. Faraday Zenith Lewis, Duncan as Corel, Elle as Captain Mitchell Crick, Shona as Schlurp and Jess as Lorelei Widewanderer. Our show is powered by a modified version of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. To learn about the custom rulings, mechanics, and aliens that make our game possible, you can visit our website, thejunkitpodcast.com, or just ask us on Twitter at thejunkitpod. Lastly, if you're both willing and able, you could support the show over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thejunkitpodcast. That's all from me. See you in a fortnight.